Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Mizzou Sports Podcast, presented by the Columbia Daily Tribune. The Mizzou Sports Podcast is brought to you by Zaxby's, the home of handmade-to-order chicken, salads, and more than a dozen mild-to-wild sauces. Stop by your neighborhood Zaxby's today. And the Columbia location of Zaxby's is on Stadium Drive and North 63. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Mizzou Sports Podcast. My name is Eric Blum, breaking down Mizzou Sports with you every week here on the show. No co-host this week, as I'm sure you see by the title of this episode, we were joined by Mizzou head football coach Eli Drinkwitz. He joined us for about 25 minutes to break down some football stuff. He talked some non-football, and we even talked about him being a Dallas Cowboys fan and me being a fan of the Washington NFL franchise. So without further ado, here's my conversation earlier today with Eli Drinkwitz. Joining the Mizzou Sports Podcast this time is the head football coach for the University of Missouri, Eli Drinkwitz. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing good. Uh, it's raining outside, but it hadn't put a damper on our spirit. We're ready to rock and roll. Can't wait for fall camp. And uh, we're just just waiting on go. And as it stands today, we're recording this full transparency right around 4 p.m. on August the 10th. I mean, it start, it's, it's still slated to start a week from now, but kind of just tell me the mood of your players with everything kind of going on these days in college football and, and your mood one, one week out from the slated start of fall camp. Well, it, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's really been good for us to be able to practice what we preach and really control the controllables, take it one day at a time. It's all the coach speak, but – you're really having to, to put it um, into practice. You know, we've spent a, a majority of our day today, Monday, um, just talking to our players, calling them, making sure they uh, knew that we were thinking about them. We gave them, you know, we had spent the 12-day walkthrough. We gave them the weekend off. And, and really for us, we're starting a simulated fall camp starting tomorrow, uh, taking the, the NFL approach where we're uh, gradually building up. Um, so we'll bring them back in here tomorrow, utilize the time in the weight room that they've allowed us to have and, and uh, our meeting time. And, and then Monday will be the first day we can actually go full practice. So, but for us, tomorrow is when it gets started. Gotcha. And if memory serves me right, I believe you were officially introduced on December 10th as Missouri's 33rd head football coach. Today is August 10th, the exact eight-month kind of uh, anniversary of you being in Columbia. How would you kind of describe the eight months as a whole? You obviously had to kind of get a national science class <laughs> right right in that first weekend where you yeah. had some good guys like J.J. Hester, Will Norris, other guys. I don't want to leave anybody out. And then you had to put your own spin kind of with NCAA sanctions for February, three fall practices, and then quarantine kind of happened. And now with the changing landscape and, you know, all the effects on the season as COVID kind of takes, how would you kind of wrap up the entire eight months so far? You know, I think it's uh, unprecedented, I think is the only word to really describe it. You know, I was talking to somebody today and what what challenges college football has faced in the last eight months have been 
unprecedented um, for as long as I can remember. I mean, we've obviously dealt with COVID and they're still dealing with COVID. We've dealt with social justice issues or, and constantly, you know, handling those. And now we're seeing player empowerment uh, more than we've ever seen before with, with all the different um, things that are going on with NLI and, and uh, you know, social messaging and, and their ability to come out and speak their mind with, with the, we are United pieces. So, um, you know, somebody asked me how I deal with that, and, and I just was honest. I said I, I deal with them in honesty, and I, I don't deal out of fear. You know, I'm not, we're not perfect. Nobody on our staff is perfect. We're dealing from the heart and how we would lead and, and, and um, handle things the way that we feel like is best and find a path to move forward. And, and that's really what we're doing and how we're operating. But I would say the best way to describe it is unprecedented. But you still learned a lot, you would say. Unprecedented, but the journey's been worth it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the, you know, we have four core values that we live by in our program. Number one is always compete. Two is build trust and respect. Three is do more than what's expected. And four is enjoy the journey. And, I mean, it's been an awesome time. Um, And I've enjoyed every minute of it and have have zero regrets. We've, my family and I love Columbia. We found our snow cone place. We eat our Andy's ice cream. We know... Uh, you know where our restaurants are and what we're going to get, and, and uh, so we're we're enjoying our time. I felt like our staff has really bonded and grow, grown together. Our team is getting to know each other and continue to building that trust and respect. So yeah, we've definitely grown and enjoyed it. Um, but it's it's I, there's no roadmap here. We're, we're kind of just we're off we're off no GPS right now. <laughs> You mentioned this earlier, and I definitely want to ask you about it. It seems like the last 24 hours have kind of been hectic in the college ball world with just not only in social media, but in reality in terms of figuring out at the Power 5 level what's kind of going on. One thing I wanted to ask you about specifically is just kind of the player empowerment and just the messaging from not only the likes of Trevor Lawrence and Najee Harris and others, but just has there been anything with your team and has that been a discussion about the We Want to Play movement and then where specifically do you as Eli Drinkwood stand on it? Yeah, I think the first thing I would say about the last 24 hours is we would be in a lot better position uh, if we would quit using unnamed sources. Uh, And I think that's, you know, for sports reporters and for people on Twitter and whatever, you know, we're constantly chasing these unnamed sports, you know, these unnamed sources. If these people, you know, really have legit news to post, um, if these sources are, if these sources will not go on the record, then we shouldn't be chasing them. It, all it does is create create uncertainty and chaos. And, uh, you know, that's not great for our mental health, um, for anybody's mental health. And, you know, I just, I think these people that want to cause and stir up something, just put your name behind it. And if you don't want to, then, then don't do it. Um, you know, as far as the last 24 hours, you know, I, I've, I've had a lot of conversations with my team. Um, and you know what? I don't speak for my team. My team speaks for themselves. We all speak for ourselves individually. Um, you know, and everybody's got individual decisions to make uh, regarding COVID, whether that's our staff, whether or not those, that's our players. Um, they have the ability to speak. I've never, I've never put uh, restrictions on them. Um, but I've had conversations with them, and I feel comfortable and confident that uh, that. We're going to have a great uh, practice and start a fall camp tomorrow and practice on Monday and look forward to the team that we'll put out on the field. Uh, as far as me personally, 
with the we want to play movement. I think it's exciting anytime you see players feel like they have a voice, um, no different than we had a voice to, to speak about when we saw injustice with George Floyd. Uh, we called out right was right and wrong was wrong. And, and now, you know, our players are making their voices heard. Um, and, and that's great. It, I think it's going to be uh, interesting to see how the next seven, 24 hours, seven days, 14 days, or, you know, I think it's 30 something days till our first game. So uh, I, I don't know what the future holds. Um, I'm just keeping the faith and controlling what I can control. Uh, I believe it's actually 47 days, if my math is right. I kind of have a calendar right in front of me until the whatever your first game would be. And kind of going off of the schedule, uh, kind of tell me or walk me through when you found out that the two additions were going to be LSU and Alabama to Mizzou's schedule. And do you see it as – it seems like you're very positive no matter what comes in front of you. You know, you can look at the third and fifth ranked team in the country and be like, wow, that's a tough challenge. But you kind of seem like just, hey, bring it on just from what I've seen. So – kind of walk me through the attitude you had once you kind of set in that those two teams were now on the 2020 schedule um you know uh there's nothing i can do about it i wasn't given uh any input in the ability to make the decision uh nobody can explain to me how they came up with that decision um all i know is that mark womack and another group of individuals uh, arbitrarily came up with a schedule um, they didn't ask us or ask me to vote on it. So when I got the news, I had one of two choices. I can either complain um, or we can get ready to play football. And uh, my job is to put a football team together that's competitive to win. And so whatever challenges are in front of us, whether it's COVID, whether it's protocols, whether it's the third and fifth ranked team in the country, um, nobody cares in life about the challenges. They just want to see the result. Uh, and you know what? I found out when I called to want to complain about it, nobody really cares. They really don't. At the end of the day, they just want to see the result. And so uh, our football team is excited about the opportunity to play, you know, four of the top ten or, yeah, top ten, top eight teams in the country. Uh, it's a heck of a challenge. You came to, to Mizzou to play in the SEC to play against the best. I chose to coach at Mizzou because I wanted to coach against the best. And so that's the opportunity that's presented in front of us. And, and they're going to get our best effort, and we'll expect their best effort. And it's going to be fun. Was any part of you a tiny bit disappointed not to see Auburn be one of the two teams? It's where you started your collegiate coaching career a decade ago. You obviously coached under Coach Malzahn, not only at Auburn, but I believe in Jonesboro at Arkansas State as well. Was any part of you a tiny bit disappointed not to get them drawn to you? Yeah. Yeah, I was extremely disappointed. Uh, you know, I thought I had a, a one in five chance uh, to get Auburn, um, you know, uh, or Ole Miss or Texas A&M. Um, you know, if they would have done a random draw or if they would have picked based off of pre-selected criteria of the years. But obviously that wasn't in the cards. And so, um, again, whatever – I don't know what the criteria was for making the scheduling. That would be a question for Mark uh, Womack and, and anybody else at the SEC. Uh, but, yeah, I'd love to play Gus, uh, Coach Malzahn. I've got a tremendous amount of respect for him and that football team. I don't really care. I'm excited to play any of the SEC opponents. Um, and uh, we're excited to play Alabama and LSU. I mean, it'll be fun. It'll be great, you know, great to have Alabama come up here. It'll be great to go visit Death Valley. Um, wish it was full full of life and energy with fans, but that's not exactly what it's going to be. I know it's kind of been lost in your 
at least five months of your eight months in Columbia thus far. But and I know you want to be asked football questions, and you know th- those definitely still have a place in whatever the college ball landscape is today. And I hopefully I, I can mix it up with what the hard hitting news is today with actually looking at your football team. So I definitely want to take the chance to ask. You know how how from what you've seen and actually getting your hands on the guys that are on and in Columbia right now, how would they excited you and who were some of the guys that really when games hopefully do start September 26th that Mizzou fans should really be looking out for? Well, I mean, obviously it starts for us on the defensive side of the ball. We return a lot of experience over there, we, and it starts uh, with our linebacker uh, Nick Bolton. I mean, obviously he's an incredible, talented player. He had a tremendous season last year. He's just got great football IQ. He's got explosiveness, will strike, um, and, and can diagnose plays really quick. So, obviously, we're very excited about him. Um, you know, Devin Nicholson is a, a younger linebacker that's really had a, a really good walkthrough period and offseason uh, and like what he's going to bring to the table. But there's a lot of depth at that position. You know, Aubrey Miller was a guy that we they expected to come in and play last year but was injured a little bit. So excited about what he can do. Uh, you know, at the defensive line, we got eight senior defensive linemen. Uh, you know, Kobe Whiteside had a lot of pressure on the quarterback last year. Kill Byers was a highly recruited player who's uh, had a lot of experience. You know, we look forward to, to having Trey Williams for the entire season uh, at the D-line position. You know, Markel Utsi was a guy that's been beat up quite a bit but had a really good summer and is as healthy as he's ever ever been. Uh, Chris Turner and Cy Martin are guys that we, we feel like can, can contribute a lot. You know, our defensive backs, we've got two extremely good safeties at senior, Josh Bledsoe and Tyree Gillespie. And, and Josh is a guy that can do a lot of different things and has really good tape. And Tyree is excited for his senior season. It's got all the immeasurables and can really um, do a lot of things, give us a lot of coverage variations. At the corner position, we play a ton of man-to-man. You know, obviously Jarvis Ware is a guy that's long and and, and he's got great hips and can cover anybody that we feel like we're going to face in the league. And and, uh, excited about Adam Sparks, another senior who's had a had a good offseason. I tell you what, Ish Burdine is a redshirt freshman that we feel very good about. That's got great length and has been able to, to. to do a lot of different things for us. Um, you know, the safety position, we moved Chris Sharon to one of our like nickel slot guys, and we, we feel like that he's got an ability to contribute along with Martez Manuel and Stacy Brown. So Jelani Williams is another redshirt freshman with great length. So there's a lot of guys in the DB backfield that could, could help us. Um, you know, on the offensive side of the ball, it starts with us, with our running back, with Larry Roundtree and uh, Tyler Beatty. Those two guys are going to be our, you know, our bell cows, and we got to be able to run the football. And those two guys are going to help us there. Uh, we added two grad transfer wide receivers in Dame Hazelton and Kiki Chisholm. Um, but I tell you what, Jalen Knox is a guy that we really feel like has had a good off season and can really help us. Um, so we're excited about that. And then the offensive line is still a work in progress. And, and, and uh, you know, we've got some experienced guys with Larry Borm and Case Cook, and that's really who we'll have to build it around. And, and we'll see how the rest of it shakes out. And I won't ask you about uh, who's going to be taking the snaps. Uh, if you had an idea, I'd love to hear it. But I'm sure it's still that's that's kind of a main priority as to figure out who's doing that. And, you, and I'm sure you, yeah. you, you know you have a talented group of guys. I don't have to tell you that, but you, you already know that. But just kind of looking at how the offense is going to run should you have games in 2020. You know, I know it was a concern with how much practice time you were going to get compared with COVID and all that. You know, do you think that it's going to look a little bit more what you got, what the it showed in 2019 what the guys already know or can you kind of teach them a new trick or two kind of hopefully by the time the season rolls around 
I don't think it's going to look anything like what they've done in the past as far as what they've been taught or how they do things. Um, just to be honest, um, I'm not sure who the quarterback will be yet. They've all we've got four guys taking snaps. Uh, they've all had good days and bad days, but it's all been a walkthrough. So um, I think the biggest thing for them was getting mental reps and at least seeing the seeing the formation, seeing the lineup, seeing the defense. Um, but we won't really know until we're actually moving the football and seeing who can get us in the end zone. With how kind of the last kind of, I guess, five months have gone, just w- when you ha- face adversity or when you actually, you know, like I've, I have a rough day because everybody has is in their doldrums at times. Where do you turn? Do you go to faith? Do you go to family? Do you go just back to the team? How do you kind of deal with those situations yourself? Um, you know, obviously I, I have a strong faith and, and I rely on that to get me going in the mornings. Um, but, you know, when things aren't going right, when, when things are not the way they need to go, I, honestly, I just turn real competitive. I turn deep inside and dig deeper. Um, and, and it's really will and skill. Like, it for me, it's where there's a will there's a way and and i try to dig deep and and try to will it out and figure out okay if it's not going the way we want it what what can i do to help us get there and and i honestly i get real competitive because uh, it really it's it's me versus everybody else at that point how do you make sure that you know whatever goals you have in year one can kind of be maximized as much as possible despite any distractions that could be what's going on in college football right now mm-hmm. social justice right. issues covid or anything like that yeah, I think for us, you know, account accountability is is all about. Um, it's not what you say; it's what you do, right? And for us, we have four core values that we live by, which is always compete, build trust, and respect, do more than what's expected, and enjoy the journey. And so, for us, you know, as a coaching staff, we're trying to build trust and respect with our players that they trust that we have their best interests at heart, and they respect that we're coaching them to be the very best that they possibly can be. And so that's a two-way street. Um, and it's something we work on every day. Uh, again, this season will be successful if at the end of this season or at the end of this time, we see those core values within our team. Uh, because to me, that's the championship. That's the values of a championship team. Uh, so, Gotcha. And, and I definitely wanted to keep this a little bit lighthearted too. And, yeah. and you know it's i know it's it can, it can turn kind of you know harsh just on social media and stuff like this but look, I, if memory serves me right you're a big dallas cowboys fan right coach yeah good yeah i mean that's the it's america's team uh you know i hate to say that in chiefs country but you know i grew up with the troy Aikmans, the emmett smiths the michael Irvins, the ken norton juniors the leon leds the alvin harpers the moose johnson the jay novacek's uh, you know, Jimmy Johnson, Barry Switzer, those are, those are the guys. So let's say there's someone, you know, someone off the top of my head whose job it is to cover your team, but let's say he was a fan of the Washington NFL franchise. What would you, what would you have to say about that? Well, I mean, look, I used to coach Joe, uh, Joe Gibbs' grandsons, and so, I, I, you know, I understand they had a good squad back in the day. Uh, but I don't even know if it's still a rivalry anymore if, if, with them changing their name. But uh, – yeah, I don't. I don't know. Do they even still have a team? Uh, I think they still have a team practicing in Lando. Yeah, and they, they they do they do. And uh, you know, being a fan of the formerly uh, called the Redskins, you know, just it's yeah. It, it, yeah, it's it's been tough. I have no problem saying that. You know, you know, 
my father and you know other people have said in the past that you know I was born in May of '92 and the last Super Bowl was uh, in January of '92, so it's kind of my fault. But anyway, but yeah, that's that's a tough one. To, that's a tough <laughs> one to live with, right there. It's it, it, it's all right, you know. Just uh, I, I focus more on hockey and other sports that actually win this the, the, these days. But you know, and you mentioned it earlier, and I definitely want to ask you. You know, you said you, you and your family kind of have your favorite restaurants picked out. I don't want you to leave out any, but you know, if you have a go-to place or a go-to place or two, where, where, where's the drink? What's family going? Yeah, I mean, you can't do that to me because this always gets me in trouble. Right. I mean, always gets me in trouble because I seem to forget one or I put one out there and I don't endorse another one. And it's like politics, man. You say one thing and you're going to get in trouble. But I, but I'll tell you this: we have found our snow cone place. Uh, we we really enjoy the snow cone area that we we've, we've located, and I'm trying to find the card. I know I've got the card. I thought I had our card, you know, for our snow cones that we we send we seem to be going out and getting, but I don't have it on me. Dad coming and I had that set up, and I just I laid an egg. Um, it's all right. I can ask you a couple more questions if you want to. If you take the time yeah. to find it, but uh, yeah, just, just just I guess over the over the next week, what what makes you excited going? As you said, kind of the unofficial start would be tomorrow of you guys going forward and starting camp and in the NFL setting. Just what what do you want to see between now and maybe when your friends in the media or whatever can start getting a look at the team with the official start of camp next Monday? I mean, to me, this is this is why you coach every year is different and it's the process of becoming us it's a process of becoming our football team um there's an old uh old term ubuntu u-b-u-n-t-u and it's basically a word that means i am what i am because of who we are and that that to me is exactly what what fall camp in the, in the beginning of the season is it's we're all here now we're all together we're all going to put our personal uh goals and mission aside for the collective group of the team and we know that no matter how good we are personally it's about what we can accomplish together uh the 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 sum is greater than the parts right and so this is where as a coaching staff you get to really make your impression you get to challenge your guys you get to put them in difficult situations and see who rises to the challenge you get to see them make mistakes and correct those mistakes and see growth uh, and it's really what coaching is all about. That's what fall camp is all about. And for me, personally, that's that's what I enjoy the most. No matter what you expect uh, to have, there's somebody or something that always comes up during fall camp, and it really forms the identity of the team. And uh, that that's the excitement. I, I want to kind of give you the chance here because you early, really early on in the interview you did say like you haven't been asked um, you know in your opinion probably on the schedule is what you is what you meant but if you were to kind of be in on the conversations of helping this college football season along what advice would you give should you be called by either Jim Sturk or Greg Sankey to kind of like what's your opinion on helping your team go along with with the coat with, with how do I how do we play college football? Is that what you're asking? Or yeah, with 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 you know, it seems like changing schedules. I know Scott Frost said maybe we'd be looking outside the Big Ten if they cancel it. Just just in general, you know, if, if they came to you and asked, how how could you help us along? Or what ideas do you have to have a successful football season this fall? What would you kind of provide to you know either Jim or Greg if they asked you? Yeah, I would say plan your work and work your plan. You know, we we have a plan in place. Uh, we backed up the season to September 26th to allow for the adjustments of what could occur with a spike. Nothing has changed over the course of the last 
uh, 48 hours that would, would make us need to deviate, in my opinion, from that plan. Now, I'm not privy to all the information that everybody else has. I'm just privy to the information that my football team has, that our guys have. And nothing's changed in the last 48 hours that says we wouldn't be able to play September 26th. And so we're looking forward to that opportunity, and hopefully that doesn't change just based on social media pressure or people's opinions. Um, again, if there's information out there that I don't know about, then I'm always open to looking at the information. You know, I, 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 I say this respectfully as a football coach. You know, as a football coach, we're constantly given problems and find solutions. We're constantly having to deal with adjustments. And, um, you know, we've been given protocol in place that says this is the way to practice safely. This is the way that we could operate safely. And we've adopted to, to those. We've adapted to those and we've, we've operated that. And so I'm unsure why that's not the same moving forward. I understand there's fears with COVID. I'm just happen. To, I'm just one that doesn't happen to live and operate in fear. I know there's fears of long-term, you know, effects. We don't know the long-term effects of cell phones or social media or caffeine or, or aspartame. All right, um, but we still seem to engage in those activities. And I'm not. I'm not mitigating those risks. I understand that we need to wear masks. We need to social distance. That's why we practice all those things. Um, look, I've got tough decisions to make too. I've got three small children, 10, uh, Addison's 10, Emerson's seven, and Ella's three going to pre-K. And I'm choosing to send my daughter to school every single day because I believe it's in their best interest um, to go to school, wear a mask, do the things they've been asked to do. But I think it's best in their long-term interest to continue to move forward with life. And that's what I'm choosing to do. And that's, as a football coach, what I'm choosing to do. I've been given a plan, and I'm sticking to that plan. And uh, that's all I'm asking everybody else to try. Gotcha. And I want to also add, I said it at the beginning of the interview, but I want to say it here. We are recording kind of right at 4, four now, for about 4.20 on uh, August 10th, because, you know, this is a very fluid situation, as everybody knows, with COVID and, you know, even the college football world these days, you know. We really don't know what next couple weeks, weeks are going to look like, but I just want to make sure that with what Drinkwitz is saying, it's not confused if more information comes out in the next day or so or whatever. But, Coach, I very much appreciate your time. Did you find that snow code card by chance? I didn't, but I, I also want to add, I did not find that snow cone card, but I do want to add, I always am going to submit to the authority. So I've said this multiple times. I'm a football coach. You give me a problem, and I look for a solution. You give me a third down, I call a play. You tell me we got to go beat a team on the road. We try to find a way to do that, regardless of who's on the football team. If a doctor, the president, the AD tells me, the commissioner tells me that we're not playing and it's based on what's the best interest of our football student athletes, and I submit to that, and I got no problem with that. But until that time comes, until that time comes, I'm going to fight um, and do everything that they ask me to do in order to help our get, uh, young men get an opportunity to play. Gotcha. And that was Eli Drinkwitz, head football coach at the University of Missouri. Uh, coach, thanks so much for your time. Hopefully this was a, a fun experience for you, first time on the show, and we'd love to have you back anytime. But I, I know your schedule is so busy, obviously, as a head football coach, so we appreciate the time you just did take. We're kind of coming on 28 minutes here. That's 28 more than we probably deserve. So appreciate you, Coach. Thanks for, thanks for your time. No problem. Thank you. We would like to thank our sponsors for the Mizzou Sports Podcast. University of Missouri Healthcare. University of Missouri Healthcare is proud to be the official sponsor of MU Athletics. Blue Events. Let Blue create your perfect event. 
Their passion for food, service, and presentation ensures that you will have a seamless and memorable event, no matter the size. They will work with you to bring your vision to life. Phyllis Nichols, State Farm Insurance. There when things go wrong, here to help life go right. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.